0: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve apostles and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Woe to you if you weren't listening attentively to that Gospel. If you don't find this gospel scary, you're probably in the wrong place. It's meant to be. It's meant to grab our attention. It's the rootstock of that old saying about what it means to be joined to the Christian gospel, which is meant to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. You've heard that before? This is the rootstock of that saying. Many of us are familiar with Matthew's version of these teachings called the Sermon on the Mount. But what Matthew does is he kind of spiritualizes these Beatitudes. Instead of saying, blessed are the poor, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And he goes on from there. But the other interesting thing is that Matthew leaves out the woes, or maybe Luke adds them in. Who knows? We leave that to the great scholars to debate, probably until Jesus returns. Luke's version, instead of being the Sermon on the Mount, is called the Sermon on the Plain. You see in the narrative, Jesus and his followers come down the mountain and meet the crowd, and the crowd is not what you would expect. We might expect a bunch of first-century Israelites following after Jesus to learn what this rabbi is about, but instead we get not only the Israelites following him, but people from Tyre and Sidon, which is outside the traditional bounds of Israel. Now, any faithful Jew in that crowd will know that they are tossling and bumping into Gentiles. And not just ordinary Gentiles, but Gentiles who are sick, who have unclean spirits, In other words, things are going on in that crowd that are particularly unsafe for a faithful Jew living in the first century. The Gentiles probably don't feel any safer. They know they are in a foreign and a hostile land. But something has drawn them to this place. And Jesus has just called his first group of disciples, and has just selected the 12 whom he calls apostles. And they are a motley crew. You think we're a strange bunch, they're even stranger. They are fisher folk. And a tax collector or two. And 'er ne'er-do-wells. Luke wants to drive the point home This is not a group of people you would want to be caught alone with. So it's in this uncomfortable setting that Jesus delivers the blessings and the woes. And although many paintings of this show him standing up and sometimes even standing over the crowd, it's more likely he was sitting down. And everybody was crowding in around him, remaining standing. They didn't bring their camp chairs with them, you see. Luke wants us to understand that the gospel has arrived and it is meant to turn the whole world upside down or because it's the sermon on the plain, more like it's meant to flatten everything. Everything we thought we knew about the way the human family is supposed to function is put on its ear with Jesus' teachings. The people who are favored, the wealthy, the well-off, the comfortable, are being told that they're in trouble, and the people who have been in trouble are told that blessing has arrived for them. It means that Gentiles and Israelites suddenly are neighbors and companions on this new way of being. People who wouldn't have spoken to each other publicly are suddenly in a community together and are reaching for the same thing and receiving it. People who are on the outside and at the margins are suddenly at the center of Jesus' inner circle. And the whole way the world was structured has come crashing down. Something new is here among us. This message is the one that we as Christians have been struggling with for the past two thousand years. Because in one sense it is profoundly comforting, it is a gift for all of us who have been on the margins and who have struggled and who are wondering whether we belong or not. On the other hand, for those of us who do belong, it is a thorn in our side or a splinter in our brain. It reminds us that the message of the gospel unseats us from all of the worldly power that we inhabit. I think too often we get comfortable in our patterns of worship But if you think for just a moment who we are and where we are together this day, you catch a glimpse of just how radical this message is. Who among us would be here if it weren't for the gospel, right? Who among us would get up on a Sunday morning here in Mill Valley on a good Bay Area spring day and gather for worship virtually or in person How many people in this room do you know only because they come here to Church of Our Savior? Probably a majority of the people in this room you would have never met were it not for this community. But here's the radical thing. We're all together on the same level. Yes, I know I get to wear the fancy clothes and stand up a little bit just so I can be heard. But don't take that too seriously. I try not to because that's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is about all of us sitting together from our various walks of life, all incomes, all experiences, from divergent parts of the world, brought together for nothing less than the message that God has given us in Christ. And that message is radical. Jeremiah reminds us today not to put our trust in mortals. Well, if that doesn't make the powers of this world tremble, I don't know what else would, right? It means somebody else is in charge. Think about it for a minute. What does that mean, you know, with 100,000 troops gathered at the borders of Ukraine? or whatever latest political dust-up there is going on in our country? What does that mean for the grasping that we all participate in at some level when the markets open first thing tomorrow morning? I could get in big trouble for saying it, but I want to say it anyway. What does that mean for the Super Bowl this afternoon? You know, in the ancient context, we might have asked, what does that mean for the gladiatorial games this afternoon? Right? No, there's something new afoot. And it rearranges our lives completely. It levels everything. And that point should be brought home to you if nowhere else when you approach today for communion and each of you, Regardless of what you have done, regardless of your status in this mortal life, regardless of how big your bank account is, or how old you are, or how young you are, or how smart you are, or how well healed you are, you receive exactly the same thing. God's loving grace, broken and given for you. We are part, you might say, of God's great leveling of the world. Comfort for the afflicted. Affliction, perhaps, for the comfortable. But we call it gospel. The good news given for you given for me, given for every life we touch, today, tomorrow, this week, and in every moment yet to come. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.